You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to the concession stand. This is episode number 41. I'm your host, Nick Howell, sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? Good. Good to be sitting across from you. Uh, episode 41. Three things I can think of. Number one, there's a Dave Matthews Band song called Number 41. It's a very uh, good song. It's a good jam song if you've yes. ever been to a Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> exactly. The other thing that I thought of was um, in North by Northwest, the classic Hitchcock movie. Yes. Remember the shot where like Harry Grant is running away in the plane, the biplane's like chasing him? Like yes. The classic shot from that movie. I believe he is running away and there's like a street sign that says highway 41 but at that the, is way specific i know it's that's how my brain works um but at the risk of potentially getting a fat lip from you or from some of our audience members for bringing this up i will go with some 41 yes. the band that that rocking whatever band no from, hockey player this no week. hockey player I, I can think of a few but i'm just not going to go there okay. um what we're going to save 42 next week is pretty much a given who that's going to be okay. uh jackie robinson um so uh yeah uh it's some 41 gets a Stone Cold Salute! I said give me a hell yeah! All right, this week, lots of big news out of Comic-Con, as we expected. Uh, yes. We're going to talk about all the stuff that got us excited and all the things that were also noticeably missing, in our opinion. Uh, and also, the actual comic book industry itself seemed to be a bit slighted, and I wonder overall if that's going to be a thing. Maybe we'll talk about that later in the lobby. But first... Let's talk about your week, Nick. Well, the, we started the week out with Game of Thrones. True. Uh, continues to blow me away. And I think they've clearly amped it up this year because they've only got seven episodes. Yeah. We talked about this last week, right? They've got to get things moving. You sure. can't wait till episode seven or eight to really start showing things getting bombastic, right? Yeah. So, I mean, right out of the gate, it's we episode one, we saw Daenerys arriving at... Uh, Dragonstone, all of these other developments, all of the puzzle pieces got pushed into motion. Episode two, we um, it, it's starting it at the end. We saw Urin blowing up the Iron Islands fleet, who was on their way yeah. to King's Landing, yep. which was all part of the plan. A part of the plan. So uh, just everything is in motion right now, and I am absolutely loving it. I'm hooked. I've heard several people go, "Oh God, uh, just being kind of hipster and like this guy is getting <laughs> like, like shut hipsters, up." Like how it's a Ninety one. million people illegally downloaded this show last week, yeah. right? So we don't have to read that later. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I'm oh, sorry. Not to not to mention the people that actually watched it legitimately, yeah. but you know, ninety million people, the most ever pirated thing ever i believe awesome um i will say it, it had its cool gross out moments um we got to see a little bit more about samuel i'm not going to give too much away i mean there was a, a couple of noticeable character deaths in that which again we won't spoil here you need to watch for yourselves like you said it definitely moves the pieces forward they put the the, the pedal to the metal as far as getting this story going and they tease next week possibly the meeting of two characters that we have never seen on the screen together but we've been looking forward to this moment potentially yes uh for for the entire 60 hours of television we've watched up to this point or 62 i guess if you really count them um so yeah maybe next week we'll get to see two really important characters well they're already we can talk about it they're already showing it in the trailer for coming up this week true. on game of thrones fair it's enough john, john snow walks into the dragonstone throne room with daenerys sitting, sitting on the throne at dragonstone of dragonglass yeah 
So that puts that puts him and uh, Daenerys and also probably Tyrion in the same room. Yes. Now, many people wonder who the three people are that are eventually going to ride those dragons at the end of this thing, right? So you've got a Stark, a Targaryen, and, and a Lannister all in the same room but together. But the Lannister also was able to, uh, last season, be able to walk into a room of dragons and they didn't bug him. I wonder why. <laughs> there's something There's something there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We so, shall see. Plenty to get excited about uh, for this next uh, episode of Game of Thrones, but uh, we also both were very excited to see a certain movie that uh, hit the the theaters this past weekend, and I will just go out and say it. Dunkirk is one of the best movies I have ever seen as far as just a cinematic uh, clinic of how you make a movie and the combination of acting and shooting and sound and editing and all of it, all of it in one sort of package and the way that it was done i i think that christopher nolan is certainly going to be an oscar contender as a director finally uh for this movie specifically but it's just it's a it's a full-on masterpiece in my opinion i could not find a single flaw in this movie and i absolutely loved every single second of it what did you think i thought it was absolutely amazing and and look let's break this down this isn't a popcorn blockbuster no this is not one that you're going to take the kids to see and enjoy this is this is a cinephiles movie yeah, uh, if there ever was one, and you're you're going to not get a lot of dialogue, you're not going to get a lot of plot exposition, you're not going to get a random comedy sidekick, none of that stuff that you've been kind of accustomed to in in modern movies. This is just it's visceral, it's cinematic as all hell. Like I said last week, you got to see it in IMAX if you haven't yet, because that seventy millimeter is breathtaking. Yeah. And the sound that comes along with it of those planes dive bombing and the guns going off and everything. Uh, this to, this was one of the more emotional films I had watched in recent memory of just ev- evoking that emotion uh, across the board. And it's funny, like I will, I am over here eating a giant plate of crow because if you remember when this trailer yeah. first hit a couple of months ago, when we first saw this trailer, we were like, eh, it looks like another Christopher Nolan movie and Wally Fister shooting it, which of course he didn't shoot yeah. it. And Wally, yeah, Wally Fister hasn't shot a movie for him in a while, but yeah, um, it has that sort of look and it's like, oh, it just looks like another war thing. And this is like, this is uh, Nolan saving Private Ryan. I get it. No, it's Wrong. absolutely not. And I again, I'm eating an entire giant plate of crow with crow sauce yes. and a crow beer and crow everything right now. Um, I was a hundred percent wrong, and I'll gladly admit it. Um, it was it, it again. He does the thing that that Nolan does, where he likes to sort of play with like a timeline kind of thing, and that I mean, without spoiling it, and it totally works. Like everything that he's good at as a filmmaker he used and everything that he's like played in with tricks in all of his movies up to this point, everything comes to a head here and he uses it all so well. Um, he definitely has the actors that he needs. Of course, Tom Hardy is back. <laughs> his face is covered for pretty much the entire movie, which yeah, Mad Max like, flies a plane. Yeah, exactly. I mean, his, his Bane in his face is covered. He's uh, perhaps you should have <laughs> shot at me with that plane. You know? Yeah. Cause but, he didn't uh, have a mask on. But right. Um, and I laughed at that. There, there's something about this. If we, if we are to compare it to saving private Ryan for me, like there's to me, the first 30 minutes of saving private Ryan, that sort of when you're on the ground with them at Omaha beach, you're in that moment and you're there and it's guttural and it's visceral and it's tough to watch. Dunkirk, the way that this movie is done, you're sort of in somebody's point of view, uh, one of the three point of views that they have in this movie, yeah. the entire movie. And that's why there's no dialogue. And that's well, not, not, but there's, that's why there's limited dialogue. The score of this movie just tells the story with you as well. I, I can't rave about this movie enough. I, I think that, and, and, and the other thing I'll say is that, um, again, it's rated PG 13. So there isn't a lot of the shock violence that there was in a saving private Ryan. And I think that was a conscious choice by Nolan mm-hmm. to sort of, uh, make sure that you're sort of watching it and going through the experience and maybe not getting distracted, but like, oh man, that's disgusting and, and visceral and gross, which 
yes, those things certainly happened, but they didn't take the time to focus on that. They instead chose to let us sort of experience it for ourselves. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, three different tellings of kind of the same story from those different perspectives. So one of my favorite parts was they showed the story of this guy continually getting on a boat and then they show and and then the boat getting sunk. Right. And then they showed the same story being told from the perspective of the fighter jet that was coming in trying to stop the bomber from sinking the boat. Right. And it was the same kind of thing, just shot completely differently. Beautiful. I love like alternate timelines yeah. or, or alternate perspectives like that when you're telling the exact same story. The amount of effort it must have taken to to really get that right was, was truly impressive. But look, th- this was a Cinema Geeks film from start to finish. And what you really need to know going into this is be prepared to be emotionally moved. Be prepared to see something that is almost once-in-a-lifetime kind of films. That's what I really took away from this. I don't remember seeing anything like this that moved me the way that it did seeing this film today. And And it it, might just be because it's still fresh. And because it actually happened. Yeah. Um, And and again, I'm right there with you eating that crow because I was more down on it than you were. Right. I was less excited about it than you were. Dunkirk is a must-see film in theaters, folks. You will hear me be the first one to stand up and say, you don't need to go to the theaters to see that movie and that movie and that movie. Dunkirk is the one film that I will stand up and say, so far this year, maybe next to Guardians, you need to go see that in the theater and IMAX, if at all possible. Yeah, agreed. You know what you don't need to go see in a theater? What? Which I saw yesterday with my buddy Brad, your buddy as well. Uh, Valerian. And we're not the only ones that said that it wasn't good. Apparently, the entire world doesn't think that it's good, and not a lot of people went to see it. Now, In a funny turn of events, we were very high on that movie. I know. We were really <laughs> excited about it because it's a Luc Besson. It's like it's like a fifth element looking thing. It, like this I wonder amazing, if he's friends with <laughs> He's going to be brought up a little bit later. You'll see. Uh, all signs pointed this to being like fifth element 2017 version, right? It was not uh, because it didn't have Bruce Willis in it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So and Gary Oldman. It has a yeah, it has a great look to it. There's a bunch of cool special effects, but it doesn't save it. Here's the problem with the movie, and it's not what I've read, it's what I actually saw. Uh Dane DeHaan or whatever that guy's name is and Carla Delavine or Cara Delavine, whatever the two leads are. They're terrible. They're pretty looking people that don't know how to act that are supposed to be playing like military major people, right? And their their lines fall flat and like uh, Dehan comes across as like Keanu Reeves in his delivery and I don't know if he's like that and whatever. Dehan was great in Chronicle when he didn't talk too much and he played like uh, a brooding guy, <laughs> right? Um, but I mean, this movie, it's, oh, it's so bad. It could have been good. Um, the only thing that saves it is Clive Owen shows up to act and then Ethan Hawke shows up to act at some point and that's not a spoiler. You're not going to see it if you're listening to this. No. It's like maybe watch it on Netflix bad. Maybe watch it on Netflix bad. <laughs> I'll see it, but like, I'm not going like, to rate it. I the would theater. put it down there like as far as like it's more watchable than Suicide Squad, but not much. It's wow. got more visual to it where you can be like, oh, that's cool, but that's it. Well, were there any redeeming qualities about the effects and the CGI sure. and the crazy space sure, characters? Sure, but I've seen and- it all before. Like anybody could have thought of it. You know what I mean? It's not like I saw something I'd never seen before. Sure. It, it looked great. Like the imagination of all these things was really nice, and I'll give it that, but that's it. Uh, the score that Alexander Desplat did was really nice, but it seemed like he just wrote a score that didn't really match the action that was happening on the screen. Yeah. So that kind of took me out of it. And I saw it in like 3D D-Box, dude. Like the wow. seat moved and all this stuff because we were like, if the movie's going to be bad, we should at least get the D-Box. Maybe right. that'll make it better. Some water squirted on me or yeah, something. It wasn't right? any of that, but it was no. like the seat moves, like whenever something happens, uh, whatever. So <laughs> don't see Valerian, please. And Luke Besson, please make something good. Here's some interesting stats about Valerian, Ooh, by okay. the way. 
Um, Europa, this is the company that, that sort of uh, underwrote like the, the – okay, here's the other thing. It's an independent movie, so this is not part of like a studio thing, right? No, he did a bunch of equity financing Correct. for it. The movie cost $180 million, right? The Europa stock, which is the company that financed it, is down uh, 8% since the Friday opening, okay? okay? That's a $15 million loss for the company. And now it opens today, I think, in France and Europe, where they're hoping that some of that money comes back. But uh, yeah, it's it's a huge loss. It's I heard a, they were expecting it to do a hundred plus million in France, the equivalent of. <laughs> it's possible, but um, I mean, because of that, the the history of that comic book or that story, sure. graphic novel, whatever. Yeah. It's possible. It just doesn't do well here. Maybe this could be another example, like a Suicide Squad, where it makes a ton of money overseas and is just terrible over here. So we Boy, shall. Could we, have, could we have gotten two movies more wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But please keep listening to us. I swear yes. we're right sometimes. Well, that was definitely a disappointing slow start for Valerian, but let's speed things back up with some quick hits. Little news coming out of Nintendo. Uh, Apparently, they have filed a trademark in Europe for the design of the N64 controller. Ooh, twirls curly mustache, as you would say typically. What is this all about? Uh, This has to do with what I can only assume will become the N64 classic. Down right, the road. Right, because why not? Right, because they're not going to make any more. They're already canceled all the orders on the SNES Classic at this point, right? <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. But, I mean, that's the next in the sequence, right? We got Nintendo, yeah. we got SNES, and then maybe GameCube Classic will be out two years from oh, now. Oh, God. Who knows? Just just make a digital console and, and an a emulator. Put the virtual console on the Switch and call it a day. Yeah, knock it off, Nintendo. Hey, speaking of knock it off, they, they had a horrible Pokemon Go event in Chicago over what? the weekend. Did you hear about this? No, what was this? So, Grant Park, big place, like open air thing in Chicago. Uh, they had this big Pokemon Go event where everybody could show over their phones like come catch the pokemon in grant park and let's all celebrate some it was like a 20 dollars admission fee but like some people are like scalping like 400 bucks to go to this thing right so here's the thing they had spotty cell phone coverage so half the people couldn't even log into the thing so when the guy comes and takes the stage the the uh, ceo of niantic the, the crowd boos they're like boo we can't get a, we can't get a pokemon they're like no wait no wait so then they've come out they're like uh we will uh anybody that went to the thing and we'll give you a legendary pokemon but it was like it was a disaster so pokemon go while a disaster at grant park here are the numbers still this game has a 65 million user base now users it's not like a subscription thing it's people that just actively play the game right at its peak last year was 100 million people to put that in perspective candy crush has 57 million so that game which you think everybody plays no pokemon with its worldwide whatever 65 million and then, then a game like clash royale you think a lot of people play that not so much that's like eight or eight and a half million i think even at its peak in 2010 2011 World of Warcraft had 13 million. Yeah, so it's a massive title. 65 million people are running around staring at their phones playing Pokemon. Hey, things are definitely looking bright for those players of Pokemon Go, right? See what I did there? Go for it. What's up? Uh, We got the new trailer for Will Smith's latest project called Bright, which I can't make any sense of whatsoever. It's, It's live action, but there's fairies. And there's weird stuff, and it's like a weird kind of Alice in Wonderland meets Pan's Labyrinth, and there's there's like fairy crime and all of this. What? Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm interested, I'm intrigued, but I, does, is this a movie? We shouldn't have any problems or worry about this at all from the director of Suicide Squad, right? Oh, boy. Oh. It's coming to Netflix probably tomorrow because everything comes out right. like the next day. So I don't remember when it's coming, but it's soon. <laughs> hey, we got a confirmation on a new Bond movie. Yes. However, yes. No confirmation of Daniel Craig being attached. No, there is now. Oh, there, there is, is now? Yeah. So oh. we, we knew that there was a new Bond movie, but then yesterday uh, they said the release date is uh, November 8th of 2019, yes. and Daniel Craig was definitely going to play Bond. That was in a like Eon Productions, Broccoli People release. Okay. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. 
Um, they've said that there are three directors who are sort of in talks already. This is rumored, right? So the first one is this guy named Jan something, and I forget, forgive me, I know you're not listening, right? but he did this movie called 71 a couple years ago, which is pretty good, and he's working on something else. It's cool. The other one is a guy named David McKenzie who directed Hell or High Water, yes. which we both liked. Yes. He is currently working on a movie about Robert the Bruce. Remember that character from yes. Braveheart? Yes. Awesome. And the third person who is potentially going to direct it is... Is going to be the other one. So, and we know what he's currently working on this little Blade Runner movie. Yeah, that little thing. Sure. So, I mean, still no mention of Christopher Nolan or of Edgar Wright or somebody cool doing it like we would like to see. I still want Nolan to direct a movie that's James Bond. How good would that be? Um, yeah, there you go. A Brit directing a Bond movie. Sure. I mean, you know, it's exactly kind of what we want. Anyway. Sure. Well, in other news, uh, apparently they're going to do a biopic on J.R. Tolkien, The Lives and Trials and Tribulations, right? So I don't know anything else. I saw it on the OneRing.net's Facebook page. Yeah. That's all that we know. It's being done. That's why it's a quick hit. Yeah, that's all we know. <laughs> it's probably going to be played by Gary Oldman or Anthony Hopkins. So there you go. There's our guest. <laughs> other news out of Comic-Con, which we're going to get to a ton of that in a second. Wonder Woman 2 officially announced, shocker, during the DC panel that they're making it. Uh, it officially got a December 13th, 2019 release after officially becoming this summer's highest grossing, summer's highest grossing movie. Not so year. That's right. Still hasn't beaten Beauty and the Beast, but this summer, of course, they're going to be like, it's the highest grossing movie of the summer this week. <laughs> How far away is it? Do you know? It's, Last week, it's, you looked, it's, it's pretty got, close. It's got a ways to go. Oh, okay. Um, so it, it's also uh, surpassed Suicide Squad in its worldwide take and the, and the domestic take of Batman vs. Superman uh, last year. So Wonder Woman, good job. Way to go. Tons of Wonder Woman news uh, trickling out of the DC world. Hey, I've watched BVS again a couple of times. Me too. Uh, and it's starting to grow on me. I know, and I, I hate still to- can't get behind Jesse Eisenberg as Lex <sighs> Luthor, but it's growing on me the more I watch it. I hate to say it too, and I don't know if it's because of the Justice League stuff that's coming up that we're seeing more of it, and you kind of want it, and like it's connecting, but it's not connecting, and it's maybe just like, I want to watch part of it to get excited. Whatever, we'll talk about all that in a second. What yes. else you got? Apparently, The Rock has done a little short film, three, four-minute short film yeah. on using Siri. And it made me not want to use Siri any more than I do now. It's just Siri does not entice me in any way, but I will watch The Rock do finger painting. It, it's entertaining. He does a lot of stuff in this in this thing. If you haven't got a chance to check it out, it's three minutes and 46 seconds. It's not going to take up too much of your day. It's funny. It's clever. It's The Rock playing around doing all the things that The Rock does in a three-minute thing, and he talks to Siri a bunch. Well, like we said, a lot of stuff came out this weekend at Comic-Con, so let's head over and talk about some TV and movies. <laughs> We knew the Defenders was coming. We got a date for it. It's August 18th. The new trailer has a Punisher Easter egg at the end of it. We know that the Punisher is coming. We haven't gotten an exact release date yet. However, last year, I think November, like the Friday before Thanksgiving was when Jessica Jones came out. So there's there's thought that it'll be November 17th, which we have also said is like a big day for like Super Mario's coming and like something else is coming on. What did we say this last week? It's November 17th. It's like a big geek day. So Punisher could be that day as well. Uh, there's another Marvel series that got renewed that not many people care about. Yeah, I, I couldn't care less. Iron Fist got renewed for a second season and I'm assuming that they have to do this to an extant to continue the Defender storyline. That's where I, they're fa- I'm assuming this is phased out a lot like the uh, the Marvel you know, Cinematic Universe was. So, it, yeah, there's a lot going on on this this landscape. And if we can talk about this for a second, I mean, we got Daredevil, we've got Jessica Jones, we've got Luke Cage, we've got Iron Fist, we got 
And now we're going to have a universal Avengers-esque combination of all of those characters into the Defenders. And then we're going to bring Punisher into the mix with its own series later this year as well. So now you've got all of these kind of moving parts. It's its own little mini-universe that they've built up within the Marvel Universe. But yeah, but it's only the Netflix thing. So the problem is it still doesn't talk to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. people, and it still doesn't talk to the Gifted and Legion people on Fox, and it still doesn't talk to the movie people. So while it's cool, they still haven't figured out that whole, like, everything should talk to everything yet, but that's fine. Yeah, but you couldn't possibly put anybody else in Infinity War. True. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yes, so Iron Fist is coming out. Look, if you've watched the first one, you're kind of probably 50-50. Either love it or hate it. It's There's not a lot of people loving that, that series. No. I certainly didn't. It was very boring. It was very drawn out and unnecessary, frankly. And it had a lot of controversy around it with regards to the, the whole whitewashing thing of an Asian figure, etc. So did you read the Iron Fist comics? Are you familiar with them at all? Um, not it, the originals. Was that, a, was that a white dude in, yes. in there? Yes. It was. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I I read a reboot of it that was mid two thousands when it be, and they tried and it and it failed but it was good but the Danny Rand character is like a tough one to follow um as, as a standalone typically it was Power Man and Iron Fist so it was Luke Cage and Iron Fist that were kind of a team up gotcha. group in, in the comics and that was kind of like a thing and that was much more entertaining. Well, speaking of all of this being on Netflix, uh, they had their recent earnings call and again uh, Hastings and the others came out and made specific claims that they are definitely, now that they've kind of disrupted the TV model and the distribution model there, they definitely have their sights set on the film industry and the film, more specifically the distribution of films and how they're delivered to consumers. And we've talked about this at length endlessly uh, with regards to the fight with the National Association of Theater Owners, the NATO, other NATO uh, and and how they're going to get ne- either Netflix movies in the theaters or how Netflix is going to get m- movies that are in the theater onto Netflix sooner. Who knows where this is going to go? If I had to hedge my bets, I think we're going to see some kind of distribution deal worked out with the studios where they distribute to Netflix in an on-demand fashion at the same time or within a day or two of the release of the film. Maybe after the opening weekend, I could see being a reality, where Monday morning you log into Netflix and all of a sudden you can watch uh, Dunkirk. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And with this in mind, Andy, if, if you don't mind, I need to talk to the manager for oh, a minute. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I, I have something that, uh, that I need to bring up. Recently, you've heard me complain on this show about the logistics involved um, that make people not want to go to the movie theaters. Well, literally today, I went to Universal Studios AMC Theater at CityWalk here in Los Angeles to see, because it's the only friggin' IMAX cinema, proper IMAX cinema in Los Angeles. How do we only have one here? That's the first complaint. We used to have two, but they shut one down. It's another story. We have fake ones. We have LIMAX. Yeah. Coined by Mr. Roger Ebert. Um, So, yes. So, I went to Universal today. And here is why we've talked about all the possible reasons that people have stopped going to the movies. I want to lay out why I've stopped going to the movies. I pull up to Universal. I leave an hour early. I pull up to Universal, the front gate. It's $25 just to park my car. Wow. Okay? Number one. Uh, Oh, I'm going to the movie theater. I'm not going to the theme park. Oh, well, you pay your $25, and when you get to the box office, they'll give you your $20 back. Well, I've got my tickets here. You don't need to charge me $25. You can just charge me the 5 because here's my ticket. I'm going to see Yeah, well, that's just the way they work it. That's the way the cinema wants to do it. They don't want people gaming the cinema. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. (sighs) 
This is 2017, okay? This is not 1995. Uh, everything's cards and digital and it's trackable, right? Yeah. Second, this used to be $10, by the way, and it would they would give you $8 back. Now it's $25, and they give you $20 back. So it's just prices going sure. up constantly. Get inside. There's no more box office. There's no more four or five windows, the classic box office window with, Hi, sir, can I help you get your tickets today? What would you like to see? What time? It's four Fandango kiosks. Hmm. There are two people inside at, quote, guest services with a line of 30 people trying to redeem their $20 rebate for parking. This is all before I get to the movie. And you know they've done this big construction thing at Universal yes. where they've overhauled it. Yep. It is all redesigned now to funnel you directly into concessions where, guess what? There's no more people. Hmm. There's two cashiers. So then you get to stand in a line to give them $18 for two, two Cokes and a Reese's Pieces. <laughs> so at this point, I'm already, if you combine the tickets, I'm already almost out 100 bucks. Then we get into, at this point, we've already lost better part of an hour and we're in it for a hundred bucks just to go see Dunkirk. We went to the 11 a.m. show because it was $16 right to see the exact same show. Two hours later at the one show, it was $22. If I wanted to go at 7 p.m., it was $31. So it's the exact same experience, right? This, this, this NATO 2.0, other NATO is why people have stopped going to the cinemas. It has fuck all to do with the content. It doesn't mean that good movies aren't out there to watch. It's your greedy asses. That is the reason why people are not going to see the movies anymore. I would say, I agree with you. Um, I would say, don't go back to the universal theater anymore. You have to. If, if, if you want to see the 70 millimeter yeah. film. Yes, you could. Yes, but yes, I agree. Um, they, they do make you jump through hoops pretty much wherever you go. And that's part of the problem. So all of this rigmarole and, and pontificating about how the studios aren't making good product or all of this other kind of stuff, horse shit. People don't go to the movies because you don't make it fun. It's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. It pisses me off. I should be having a blast by the time I walk in the theater. I should want to wel- welcomely buy $40 worth of concessions, not feel like I'm already dragged through the ringer just to get a Coke to go sit down in my movie just before park- I ever get in the theater. <laughs> or just to park your car. That too. Now, let me tell you about something awesome, which is the process of making movies. Since we're back to Netflix, they have licensed all three seasons of that show, Hollywood Masters, which used Ooh. to be, I think, online on the Hollywood yeah. Reporter website where they talk to like individual people. These are shot down the street at um, Loyola Marymount, I think. Think of it like the Inside the Actor Studio show that used to be on Bravo, but without the pretentious, like, what is your favorite sound, James Lipton guy? Yeah. It's with somebody just interviewing, like, uh, I forget who's in the first season. I think it's like maybe like Billy Bob Thornton or whatever, but they interview them um, in, in front of a college group and they talk about the process of what they do, and there you go. And it's kind of laid back and cool, and it, it'll be on Netflix, I think, uh, starting next week. Of course, next week. So there you go. I think I raved about these uh, earlier in the year yes. on an earlier episode where you had uh, Denzel Washington, Oliver Stones, and a bunch of other people in a roundtable. I think they call those the THR roundtable discussions. Yeah, this is the Masters ones where it's the one-on-one deal. But yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I, all of these videos that they do, and I think there's even another one, but it might be, oh, it's Varieties does yep. the ones where yep. they have two opposing actors uh, interview or talk to each other, right? All of this stuff I love. If you want to learn about movie magic and what happens behind the scenes and what it's like to be a working actor and actress, uh, these are fantastic. It gives you a realistic view to it. Hey, we can't talk about Comic-Con without talking about actual Comic-Con companies. Oh! Like, Let's start with Marvel, who didn't really have much to say as far as the cinema universe stuff. Um, we know about the TV side of things, the Defenders and all that jazz. 
Um, there was mentioned, not at Comic-Con per se, but earlier in the week before it, that they will be making uh, Venom, which we talked about. Oh, Mr. Spider-Man, but we knew about uh, Tom Hardy potentially playing Venom. They say it's going to be a dark origin story. Not that mm. there's a good story of how Venom became to be Venom. That's great. So that's some news, I guess. And then there was apparently an Affinity War trailer that only the people in Hall H got to see, but none of us did. I saw, unless it. You, I saw it too. But it's like a dude holding up a cell phone, and it's like out of, on his lap, and you see like the trailer from far away, and it looks really cool. We'll get to that in a minute, like why they don't release that. Moving over to DC, there's a few things there. All of them, of course, be, are about uh, before Comic Con starts. There are rumors of Batfleck not wanting to be Batman anymore. Right? Nope, nope. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So what do they do? They get him down to Comic Con where he's standing at a panel with all the Justice League people being all cool, and of course they'll be like. Mr. Affleck, Mr. Affleck, are you going to play Batman? It's like, of course I'm going to play Batman. What is he going to say? No, I'm not. He literally Batman. said, I think it was the cool. I think what he said was literally, it's the coolest fucking role of yeah. all time. Yeah. Why would I not want to be Batman? You stupid idiots. Right. Not that they didn't say that, but of course he wants to play Batman. But if not, like he's still not in that environment. It would be like, <laughs> there would be a mutiny upon like of, of like the, of like epic proportions. Yeah. If suddenly he's like, I don't really want to play Batman at Comic-Con. Right. If he said that, he's like, yeah, they're right. I'm done. Torches and pitchforks and just, people would go crazy. He would never do that. And no. we have official news, of course, that the movie will be called The Batman. It's official. Great. It's inspired. Yeah, I mean, what, what a title. I mean, Jesus. The only other thing that, that I want to bring up about this is that Jeff Johns, one of the architects of the whole DC Universe, one of the big names over there, one of the greatest comic writers in my lifetime, has talked about how it's interesting that finally are, we're getting outside of just the Batman movies. By that, I mean Batman, Batman Returns, uh, Batman Robin, Batman Begins, blah, blah, blah. Now... We are going to see the Gotham City Sirens, which explores the the, the girls in the Batman's uh, universe. We're we're talking about Joss Whedon's Batgirl. We're talking about a Nightwing movie. Um, th- so we're gonna it, we're expand this universe a little bit. So maybe there's like a Batman universe, but at least there's it's it's opening the world there a little bit. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool characters to explore, as we've talked about. Well, hey, speaking of Batman, the coolest Batman of all time. George Clooney. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Adam West was honored by thousands of people at Comic-Con, and it was led up by uh, Kevin Smith, James Tucker, uh, producer of the show, uh, all kinds of stuff, uh, and just really gave this heartwarming tribute to Adam West, thousands of fans in attendance, and it was a really big deal. I believe, uh, was it his wife that went up there and gave a speech as well? Uh, I don't uh, know if I read that, but um, I mean, you couldn't have picked a better spot to do oh, this. Of course. What a venue to have that kind of thing. And, and who else besides Kevin Smith, you know, fat man on Batman himself yep. Yep. Uh, up there talking, raving about Adam West and, and the legacy that that he the iconic legacy that he left behind. Uh, we did mention the DC Justice League panel. We did get a new Justice League trailer, which we were both very excited about. That was mm-hmm. one of our things we said last week on the show. We definitely were excited about. Um, I was originally terrified of this movie when I saw that first trailer and there was Batman on a horse with goggles and it was stupid. And now I will call myself cautiously optimistic. Yes. Uh, this did it for me and I got excited about it, but I still have a, like a, a bit of like trepidation going in. Do you? Uh, a little bit. So I mentioned earlier that I watched BVS again recently. And if there's a bit at the end where after Doomsday goes and just wreaks havoc they come back in and they find Lex Luthor inside the Kryptonian ship. Mm-hmm. And there is this weird horned character down in the Genesis Bay uh, chamber fluid stuff. And it's it looks like who Stefan, Steppenwolf ah, is from the, from the new footage. So it's something that I never caught before. Like, And he just zips away. Interesting. So I'm wondering if now that's the connective it. tissue okay. uh, between if, if him awakening Doomsday somehow brought Steppenwolf 
into the the world of Gotham. Yes. Right? So for those of you that are playing at home, Steppenwolf is Darkseid's uncle. For those of you that don't know who Darkseid is, go watch a superheroes cartoon from the mid eighties. Uh, he's a like, part of the Omega universe and he's from a different um, universe and whatever. And he can come over in like a special portal and blah, 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 blah. He's really bad, really yeah. bad. He's basically the Thanos of the DC universe. Gotcha. Really what he is, right? Well, when he first in the, in the four minutes of footage that we got at Comic-Con of the justice league thing, when he first comes in and, you know, you see him crush the ground and he hits the ground. I thought it was the Idris Alba bridge guard. Oh, Heim, Heimdall from, from Osgard. Heim, Heimdall. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it looked like him. Yeah. It's not. It's not. He's much worse. He's, <laughs> and and he's a much com- more pissed off. And a completely uh, different company, but yes. still. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's he doing in the DC universe? You know, I did like, uh, I like how funny they're making the Flash. That's how he should be, kind of. Yes. But the thing, the only complaint I have is Barry Allen is not that funny. It was more the Wally West guy who is a little more funny, but I'm okay with it. There feels like there's a lot more comic relief in this. I like how the characters are playing off each other. And for the love of God, will you just tell us that Superman's in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> instead of playing the stupid thing at the end with Jeremy Irons, like, oh, I knew you'd come or whatever it is whatever it is he says and there's all this speculation like it's not superman it's green lantern because there's like little things in his glasses that are green like no that's a light that's in his in his glasses it's not green lantern maybe it will be green lantern but don't tell us that super don't like try to hide the fact that superman is not going to be in this movie you've already put lois lane in the trailer lois lane's in the trailer the superman logo is on the poster and that poster is awesome by yeah the way. it is it's fantastic um, and then we're already talking about henry cavill having to do reshoots with the justice league but he has a mustache <laughs> because he's shooting mission impossible six he has a mustache, and they will not take the mustache off of him in the Justice League. So is Superman going to have so mustache? Superman is going to have the mustache digitally removed. This is not a joke. This is actually happening. So they're doing reshoots for Justice League with Henry Cavill, which would suggest that Superman is in the movie. So stop it. It's like when they were like, "Hey, Khan is not in Star Trek Into Darkness." Oh, and Benedict Cumberbatch is not Khan. Yes, he is. We know he's Khan. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. until the day of like, okay, it's Khan. We have to call him Monkey Butt Bumblesnake. <laughs> Yes, because that's uh, that's that's just stuck a long time ago. I'm excited. I, November seventh. Oh, that's what it is. November seventeenth is Justice League as well. So and Justice Punisher. League, Punisher, and more oh. Super Mario Odyssey or whatever. Going yeah. into Thanksgiving, there's going to be a lot of now stuff we're to talking. watch. All right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this four minute thing, if you have not seen it on Justice League, is it is the thing that we all wanted. Yes, it's four minutes long, but it when you're bringing that kind of ensemble together. For the first time, you really need that kind of introduction, bringing everybody up. It was necessary. I am with you. I am 100% into this a lot more than I was from the first trailer. Yep. Batman on a horse and Aquaman (laughs) riding on the Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I was like, come on. Uh, as much as I love Jason Momoa, and he looks the part, man. I got to give him credit. They really just made him look like friggin' Aquaman, but uh, more like Neptune than Aquaman. Sure. Uh, hey, speaking of Flash, since you brought that up, apparently we are going to get a solo film out of The Flash, and it's based on something known as the Flashpoint storyline. So for the uninitiated, would you remind the listeners what that is about? So, okay, so Flashpoint... Um, because everybody lost their minds when they, when right. they heard that. So Flashpoint is a really cool concept of because Barry Allen or Wally West or whoever is the Flash can travel so quickly that he can use the speed force to go faster than the speed of time okay. and actually switch time. So he can go backwards and forwards in time. So if he goes backwards far enough, he could potentially change or he could end up in a different version of a different universe. Like okay. um, DC, it's really complicated, but DC, apparently there are 52 different DC universes like Earth 1, 2 through 50, 52. Right, so you could land if he exactly. <laughs> it's it's difficult, but like for instance, in the in the Flashpoint comic storyline, which they also did one of the DC animated movies of, uh, he ends up in you end up in a universe where 
he fights Batman, and Batman's kind of a bad guy that uses a gun, and it's not Bruce Wayne that's Batman. It's actually Thomas Wayne, his dad. Bruce Wayne is the one that actually gets killed, which turns Thomas Wayne over the edge to be like a crazy like crime fighter because his son gets killed, so he goes to fight crime the other way around. So you're dealing with stuff Holy like that. Shit. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> that's just an example of like some of the things that are different. So it's kind of like the world that we know, but some things are a little bit different. Right. So when people said Flashpoint, they're going to do a Flashpoint thing, and that's the other thing. In, in Batman v Superman, remember, the Flash comes through that like thing in the in the computer screen and warns is it time yet right that's what Am i'm I saying too early that's him traveling through time using like the flashpoint sort of skills to come back and warn batman about lois it's her whatever he's saying it's lois lois is the, the key exactly yeah, whatever yeah. it is right so there you go when you set that all up that certainly makes people go oh okay cool flashpoint. So if you're gonna anchor all of these around the justice league this is where i start to like how are they going to use that to if justice league I is going know. to be the anchor of the dc <laughs> right. universe much like Avengers is for Marvel, yeah. then you have to keep all of that in check. I think we're going to talk... I love what you just did. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about more of that uh, a little bit later. But you sure. have to agree that there is a tricky thing when it comes to doing stuff with time travel because sure. it's like... like Look at the Terminator movies, all of right? All the paradoxical you can type always, of situations. You could always go back to... Or the Back to the Future movies. You could always go back and change it if you kept going... Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. But it's exciting. You know what's not exciting? What? Aliens. Well, right now. not right now. It's not. No. It's, um, and, and I say that as one of the largest Aliens fans that I know. You are the largest Aliens um, fan I know. It's tattooed on my arm. I buy t- a new t-shirt every week. That's got, so I've got one now that's a face hugger and it's holding <laughs> up a sign. You're wearing a Nostromo t-shirt right I'm now. Wearing, I'm literally wearing <laughs> yeah. a Whalen yutani uh, U- U- uh, USCSS uh, Nostromo t- Anyway, I got a new one. It's a face hugger holding up a sign that says free hugs. <laughs> it's my favorite new t-shirt. Uh, anyway, uh, apparently Ridley Scott had a plan to do four more. It's all a part of the plan. We keep doing that. I know. I can't help it. Look at dog chasing cars. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so apparently Ridley Scott was like a dog chasing cars, and once uh, he did Prometheus, he wanted to make at least four more prequels. Yeah. Or part of the, he wants to continue to play in this universe. Fine. So, I, whatever. So do we. But- I do too, but he fucked up by letting Lindelof <laughs> kind of set the stage. Right, really, you know? right, right. That said, uh, with the fallout of the lack of production of Alien Covenant or the lack of box office return, box office return. Thank you. Uh, Fox has gone. Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and Ridley has 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 walked it backwards. Go. Ah, maybe. I'll, yeah, I kind of want to just do two more, or, or maybe just one more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> throw the uh, throw the numbers out there. We got written down here. This is interesting. Yes. Stuff. So Covenant. While it was only, a, I think it was a ninety-seven million dollar budget to okay. be to be exact, uh, it still it grossed two hundred and thirty-two million worldwide. That's it. Now that that's an interesting number in and of itself. Is that true? That's true. That's it. Total. That's worldwide, not domestic. Wow. Worldwide. Also, one of the big stats to take away is that between the first opening weekend and the second weekend, there was a seventy-one percent drop off from people continuing to go see it. That's a secondary stat that box office uses to kind of measure, is it good or not? Sure. Big burst of people going to see a new film, and then if there's not a follow-up to that, right? But the next week was uh, Pirates and Baywatch right after that. And that's one of the inherent problems of this year, because if we, as we've outlined, yeah. there's a new one uh, every weekend. Yep. Okay. Right? So I don't know where this Aliens universe is going to go. I expect Ridley will continue to make these, because he's Ridley Scott, and I don't see any reason that he won't be able to secure financing. I'm mostly concerned with Fox being on board with it, whether or not they finance it or put it forward. As long as they 
uh, of Green because they technically own the rights. Yeah, to I think it. I think they have the rights because yeah. all, and they own Predator as well. And that's why there were all the Alien and Predator movies. All those were through Fox. Yep. So yeah, they must own it. This could this could get interesting. Um, I'm 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 pretty sure that the next one is already somewhat developed. It's got to be um, at this point, and it's it you know the the second movie actually sets up a lot of the stuff that they're probably going to do in this one anyway. So is there going to be another Alien movie? I would assume so at this point. Are there going to be three more beyond that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Quite a bit of Blade Runner buzz at Comic-Con. In a Warner Brothers presentation, Edward James Almost, of course, who was a character in the original movie, um, they did like this like narration and put a bunch of graphics up on the screen. I don't know if this is online or not, but this is what I read. Um, So it bridges the gap of the timeline. So Blade Runner takes place in the year 2019, which is not too far off, obviously. And the new movie takes place in, shocking, 2049 since the title of the movie is blade runner 2049 so here's a quick synopsis of what has happened apparently in between these times in 2019 deckard escapes which we saw uh that's harrison ford's character in 2020 there was a new replicant model in 2022 there was a blackout on the west coast of the u.s in 2023 replicant prohibition begins those who can go into hiding did Uh, in 2025 the rise of wallace Corps. Corp Corporation, which helps solve the food shortage. We don't know what that is. And in 2030, the prohibition was repealed with help from the Wallace Corporation. In 2049, society is divided between two classes of replicants and humans. So I think in this new movie, the replicants aren't going to be as like sort of secretive. They're going to kind of, I guess, be out in the open a little more. Yeah. Um, right after that sort of timeline was was revealed, uh, Harrison Ford shows up as Deckard in scene, um, like a clip from the movie, and he says, "Sometimes to love someone, you got to be a stranger." Hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. And don't forget, Ford is no stranger to reboots now. In fact, when he was asked if he would reboot all of his intellectual properties by summoning the crowd, what did Harrison Ford say in classic Harrison Ford? Uh, You bet your ass I would. Yes, he did. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, It's all about the reboots, which will take us to Reboot City. Well, hey, James Cameron is looking to reinvent Terminator with a whole new trilogy of movies. Right, because he's already got four Avatar movies. Why not have three? What? Okay, what what else? What else? Uh, what we've talked about before is that he's going to get the rights back in less than two years right. to the yeah. entire franchise. Yep. So uh, big plans for that for Mr. Cameron, for sure. Schwarzenegger is supposed to be maybe involved. Um, this is kind of tricky because if you remember, Paramount was going to do a sequel to the Genesis movie that came out, but then they kind of pulled it because it sucked. Well, Genesis was terrible, but they had it was supposed to be another one out in May of this year, if I remember correctly. Right. But I think they pulled it like right off the right after the bad sort of buzz and whatever from um, Genesis. But maybe they're also sort of waiting to see what's going to happen with all of this too. They're like, we'll wait another year and a half if it means Cameron can be involved, and maybe Schwarzenegger. Like, we'll see, right? That could so, be a lot more profitable than whatever sequel they came out of Genesis with. Sure, and it, it's Cameron doesn't stop there as far as like revisiting his old stuff. He's right? James Cameron, <laughs> of the deep, and he's definitely going deep again because he is going to do a like a one-hour special on Nat Geo for the 20-year anniversary of... Titanic. So maybe they'll figure out that the two of them could have actually like been floating on the piece of wood and he didn't have to... like Because fo- like, they both could have floated on the piece of wood. Jack right, well, and Rose. There was a nice quote that came out of this from Cameron. So, quote, uh, I was creating a living history. I had to get it right out of respect for the many who died and for their legacy. But did I really get it right? I think so. the question. Now, with National Geographic and with the latest research, science and technology, I'm going to reassess it. That's interesting to me. Why is he... 
all of a sudden like second guessing what he made because he could make more money off of it. I don't know. Like, didn't like he go revisit it and go? <laughs> didn't see Bill Paxton go find it yeah. for him? And and they did the whole exploration and they had the old oh, lady man. that jumped oh, off the bow of the ship. Oh, and, Bill Paxton, we miss you. Oh man. Um, but yeah, what was that Ghost of the Abyss movie? Remember that the yes. whole thing like where he went down? Like, here's more. Like, I'm going back down to visit it. Do we go Ghost of the Abyss two? Electric Boogaloo? Is that what's coming next? I, I guess he drove a submarine to the bottom of the Marianas Trench and now he wants to do it the same thing because he's James Cameron, <laughs> yeah. explorer of the deep. I don't know if I have a release date on this Nat Geo special. I will certainly watch it. Um, yeah, I will but watch I'm the shit out of anything that James Cameron does, frankly. Sure, if it's the 20-year anniversary, I believe Titanic came out in either November. 95. Yeah, 97 in November. 97, you're right. Yeah, so uh, I want to say it was a November movie because I think it came out like it the week. It was a Christmas Yeah, it came out smash. like the week before Goldeneye, if I remember I remember correctly. people going and seeing it like five, six times over the Christmas holiday for oh. sure. And it was in the theaters forever. Yes, it, it was. It never went away. Yes, it was. In fact, I think it was still in theaters when it came to VHS. I'm not kidding. Really? I'm not kidding. Wow. That might be that might be a retraction, but we'll see. You know what wasn't in theaters <laughs> was a Ghostbusters reboot. Speaking of reboots, <laughs> it wasn't in theaters long? No, no. Uh, so apparently they're going to make a Ivan Reitman teased a CGI film at San Diego Comic Con. What's this about? It was like a Ghostbusters one hundred and one. So Reitman is kind of like the director of the original, and maybe right. sort of owns the rights, or I don't know what he owns, but still. Um, there's talk of s- still doing something in the Ghostbusters universe, and maybe it's like a movie with Bill Murray and Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, but then you don't have Harold Ramis, so would they make him a CGI Harold Ramis like Grand Moff Tarkin and Rogue One? That seems like insulting. Um, or is there, a, is there a new like one where the girl cast meets the guy cast from the original, and there's a crossover thing there? Um, who knows? I'm, Reitman's just throwing whatever he can at the wall and hoping something sticks. I think the real linchpin to any of this ever happening is Bill Murray. Yeah, but he's so old now. No, but the Ghostbusters like script and like he said he would never read another Ghostbusters script after 1990 right okay so I think he read the one for the girls and had, didn't he have a kid a cameo in that one right yeah they, uh, him and Ackroyd did if he's involved it would be good but it, the, the, that whole universe lives and dies with him I think there is no Ghostbusters without Dr. Peter Venkman that's just my opinion so we'll see what comes of that Sylvester Stallone has finished his script for Creed 2 nice. and guess who's in that uh, I must break you. Oh, I thought you were going to say Clubber Lang. No, Mr. T. no, no, no. Uh, Drago. Nice. Drago is going to be making a cameo in Creed 2. So is it old Drago? Is it young Drago? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. because he's, he's been in all the Expendables movies. I loved the. I loved Creed. I thought it was fantastic. Me too. I thought it was the best Rocky movie probably since 4. And uh, and I thought Rocky Balboa was good, but Creed just blew me out of the water. I it thought was it was great. Fanta- I think that's the best... I think that might be the best role old Stallone has played. Oh, for uh, sure. In, in recent years. Sure he was right? nominated for an Oscar. He should have won it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, didn't uh, Mark Rylance, the guy that's the captain of the boat, uh, the old guy captain, I think he won it and beat Stallone for the supporting actor nod. Oh, that's right. Check that's my right. check my uh, sources on that, I but will. I think that's right. Might have you setting yourself up for a retraction. Yeah. <laughs> retraction uh. city! <laughs> One other thing about uh, uh, this uh, Creed 2, we don't know if Ryan Coogler, who directed the first one, is going to be back behind the camera. Um, he's busy doing Black Panther, and I don't know what he's got up uh, coming after that. But, you know, who could be behind the camera and directed a Rocky movie himself could be Stallone, so I wouldn't have a problem with him doing it. He's so, always been very uh, big on doing his own thing and yeah. writing his own stuff, and I don't know about direction and stuff like that, but he's definitely very hands-on when it comes to his projects, so I... Certainly could see it. There's no reason he couldn't do it. Yeah. Speaking of hands-on, in the Twitter thing where he announced it, he said that he hand-wrote this script. Wow. 437 handwritten pages, he said, which would translate to about 120 types. So, wow. 120-page script. 120. It's like they say a minute a page. It's yep. 120 minutes to our film. movie. Yeah. So, very cool. Well, we continue to see the revival of the 80s. Yes, uh, all we do. over again. Yes, and, we do. You know, if we, we were talking about Ghostbusters a minute ago, well, now we're finally, 
finally getting a trailer for Ready Player One. This- and I got to tell you, I I had to go find my jaw on the floor. Oh I was God. so nostalgically entertained by just watching this trailer. It blew me out of the water. And if this is anything like, and you throw Spielberg into this and all of that... I believe we talked about it last week. It's is isn't this Sylvester doing the music that we talked about last week? Yes, it's not Williams. Yes, so Sylvester, Spielberg, uh, '80s pop culture, all mashed up into one thing. I'm in. I mean, I'm so in. They they have Spielberg walk onto a stage in Hall H. Like that alone gets yeah. the place. Like literally, people are doing cartwheels and like and there are probably people passing out. Like yeah. Spielberg is like King Geek. It's like him and Lucas are King Geek of all things. Like right. So he's there, and then he's like, check this out this like Ready Player One trailer. And it's like, it's so good. And it's so, I don't want to say it's non-Spielberg, but it's it's gone, it's back to him being Spielberg instead of like, I'm going to make this movie uh, Bridge of Spies, and I'm going to make this movie April. Oh, those are all good movies. I'm going to make Lincoln, and I'm going to make this, and I'm going to, okay, great. When are you going to make a Spielberg movie again? Yeah. We're doing it. We're seeing it. And it's got so many references to all the stuff that we love. I think I saw Freddy Krueger in there. I saw Iron Giant in there. We saw the DeLorean in there. We saw the A-Team van, Gandalf, the 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 uh, the, the the ostrich from Joust. We were talking about that yes. at Target. That is in that trailer, right? Yep. And there's one other thing that's in it, and that is the machine gun from Halo. That's in that trailer, which reminds me, uh, I did read this week also, since Spielberg is in the news, um, there was talk a long time ago of him being involved in a live-action TV version of Halo. Blonde Camp was attached for a while. Remember that? Right. Now, uh, but Spielberg's always kind of been at this sort of producing level. Yep. Maybe the directing, the pilot, who knows? Microsoft came out this week and said that show with Spielberg and Showtime is very much still in development. So they're going to make a live-action Halo TV show? Yes, that they had that like nightfall thing, like that was on the Halo channel. But it was or, animated. No, there was a live action one too. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, look at it. It's, I haven't seen that. It's all right, but it didn't have Spielberg. It didn't have that sort That's of true. love to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's reboot it all. Let's let's it's yeah, let's make it all. Let's whatever he makes that has anything. Like okay, one more thing about Spielberg. Sorry, uh, he purposely took out a lot of references to the things that are in his movies in this movie. So like, there's no ET in it, or there's no. I don't know, Indiana Jones. Close Encounters sure. or Jaws or any That's of that That's another stuff. thing. I forgot to even put this in the notes. Did you see that they're doing a 4K release of uh, the 4K remaster of Close Encounters for no. the 40th anniversary, and they're putting it in theaters oh. September 1st? Yes, that I just saw that today. I forgot to put it in the notes. But yeah, Holy smokes. Right? Well, speaking of crazy 80s pop culture. Oh, here we go. This is hands down. I know we had the four-minute extended Justice League. Yes. I know we had all of the Ready Player One. I know we had we saw the Infinity War trailer. Hands down, my favorite thing to come out of Comic-Con this weekend was the trailer for Stranger Things Season 2. Holy smokes. And and they took it up one more level by laying Thriller over the top of all of it. It's so perfect. It's so perfect, that trailer. Holy smokes. Like, this is... There's not any... I'm more excited for this than I am for Justice League. I'm not as excited as I am for Punisher, but I'm I cannot wait for that to come out. There's there's so many things in it. The the kids in the Ghostbusters outfits, and like we see some the upside down world stuff, and we see uh, there's just there's there's too much to even talk about in this. Go watch it for yourself. It is a absolute clinic on how to cut a trailer set to music, and they couldn't have picked a better song, like you said. And it ends with the Vincent Price laugh. Oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah, you get the Stranger Things, and then the two coming in. Or ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, so oh good. My- so when is that coming out? October 27th. <sighs> right in time for Halloween. No, 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 that's the same day as Super Mario Odyssey. That's what it was. So October 27th, and then a couple weeks later, uh, November 17th are the big geek days coming up. Oh, it's going to be a good fall. 
You know what? We had tons of stuff that we got to see at Comic-Con that we were all excited about. We just sold you what they all were. But I think, and you probably agree with me, there are a couple of things that we didn't see anything of. Like yeah. a lot of things missing from Comic-Con. I don't know. You think we should go talk about that in the lobby? Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. You know, I have to admit, I was expecting to hear a little bit more about many, many things this weekend. And I think we even had a conversation on Sunday or something around the fact that, hey, where was this? Hey, where was that? Yeah. Where, why wasn't this there? And, uh-huh. all that. and it kind of harkens back to some of the discussions we've had around too much content, all of those kinds of things. But we didn't get any new stuff on Star Wars this weekend other than the this little behind-the-scenes thing they gave us, right? Yeah, but that, was, that, was, that came out of D23 the week before. Right. So th- literally, I mean, did they have any presence at all other I mean, than the booth itself with some figures? Sure. I mean, there were people there, I guess, and maybe I missed all of this if because I wasn't there. Um, they announced the, uh, the 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 Journey to Last Jedi series of novels. I mean, like four novels that bridge the gap between Force Awakens and Last Jedi. They did a similar thing with the Aftermath novels that bridge the gap between Jedi and Force Awakens. Granted, right. that was a longer time period, per se. They might have done some stuff with the animated things. I didn't see it. I know that there, I saw a lot of toys, a lot of pictures of toys that they had, and a lot of cool like stand-up like exhibits, but I didn't see a lot of stuff coming out about Star Wars. So that's one thing. Did they just blow their wad at DisneyCon? Possibly, but let's talk about some of the other things, and then maybe we can come to a conclusion of why that... Uh, like, what other things did we not see? Uh, uh, we didn't get any news really around Deadpool 2. That's we know shocking. That it's it's a that comic book. It's Comic-Con. Yeah. Why do you not have a Deadpool thing there? It's Of all places. Of all places, yeah. right? Um, we didn't really get any X-Men movie stuff. Um, we did see some stuff around the TV series. Gifted and Legion. Uh, right? The new Gifted series. And, you know, I guess it'll be season two around Legion. Interesting, because X-Men and Deadpool are both Fox. So do we need, like, a FoxCon in order to see all that sort of stuff? <laughs> Too we'll bad. call it F24. Yeah, they already have FoxCon. They make all the iPhones, and they're building one in Wisconsin. Oh, oh I see what you did there. See what I did? Okay. Well, Another, speaking of Fox, uh, yeah. we didn't get anything out of Predator. That was what we really wanted. We didn't wanted Shane Black on. trailer, Pred- Predator trailer. Yeah. Um, there was, we didn't get anything, the, all of the new slate of Disney live action that we've ranted and raved yeah. about on this show. Uh, there was nothing there uh, as far as the new live action Disney movies. And also, comic book worthy, no real news around Spider-Man. I mean, we know that there's already going to be a Homecoming 2. Yeah, there was a movie that came out three weeks before this. But what about Venom? I, Why wasn't Tom Hardy there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps you should have dug me out of the sewers first. But hey, they showed us the Infinity War trailer, if you were there. If you were there, which I fully expect to have by the end of this week. Frankly, if it doesn't come out on Friday, at the latest next Tuesday, I'll be disappointed. Because that's kind of the way things go, usually. Okay. Um, Universal completely skipped out on hyping up the Dark Universe. Wonder what, what the fuck? I wonder why. Uh, you could rumor and speculate that it was due to, you know, a little bit less than satisfactory box office returns for The Mummy. Okay, well, if they don't, if they don't give us Dark Universe stuff, at least plug uh, Jurassic Park uh, Fallen uh, Kingdom or whatever. The Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, that's shooting. Give us something from that. Sure. Why not? Oh. We're, it, this is the time when like all eyes are on like all this stuff like we talked about last week. Show us something. Show us an image. Show us a you know a quick snippet. Something. Nothing. Nothing from Jurassic World. Nothing from Universal. Uh, we didn't get anything out of the John Wick universe. That's that's a that's a stretch on our part. But sure, you, you know it's a successful thing. We've got Atomic Blonde coming out from the same director. Um, there was talk. I did read 
uh, David Leach, Leitch, if that's how you say his name. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked him, like, hey, what about a what about a John Wick uh, Atomic Blonde crossover? Like, and then my brain, having not even seen Atomic Blonde, goes, that sounds awesome. Yes. And David Leach says, if they yeah, team up together yeah. and go after. Like, that's oh. awesome too. Except Atomic Blonde's based in the '80s, so maybe you could still figure out a way to do that. But like, oh yeah, and like, oh, and what's the what's the thing with the the, uh, the Continental Hotel? The, they were talking about making a live action show with Keanu Reeves is going to star in the first one. They were going to do like all, like all the things that happened in the Continental Hotel with all the different assassins. Perfect time to talk about that there's so many things we could have heard about but we didn't why do you think that is uh i don't know but i i I almost need to take a second trip to the manager for a second uh if you don't mind the we were promised a live stream of this event by ign and we were duped because all it was was a lot of energy interviews and here's my new toys and three days of sports center-esque kind of backstage interviews and while that's cool you sold it to me much like Warner Brothers sold me Suicide Squad as being a Joker movie, you sold me that I was gonna, you were going to live stream the panels and all of that stuff. Come watch. Come join Twitter for the IGN Comic-Con live stream. Yeah. When it was nothing. You were just covering it. Yeah, it was none of it. Uh, I, I sat there and watched it waiting, especially on Saturday when, when it was the big Hall H thing, and it just, I, I was waiting. And over the top, you just... We'll be back in two hours. And I sat there and I watched that clock and that counter waiting for the big presentation from, from Marvel at the end there. Nothing. I had to sit and watch two guys at a desk talking about toys and video games. Fun. Uh, okay. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. No problem. Yeah. Why don't they have a live panel? Why do you have to wait in line? There's a, yeah, it's stupid. But more, more back to, to why we think that we didn't see all of those things, whether or not they were on IGN or not. There's a point where there's just too much stuff, sure. right? So, and I think there's a point of it where you want to kind of have exclusive time for it. So, for instance, on Saturday, Justice League Ready Player One and then the Infinity War trailer were the three big things. Nobody saw the Infinity War trailer except for the people in the building, but everybody online was talking about it. But they were more talking about, hey, have you seen the Justice League trailer? Hey, have you seen the Ready Player One trailer? I know I was showing my hey, have family. You seen Stranger Things. Right, exactly. All those things happened on Saturday. That's. Four major things, right? So if you're Universal, if you're Fox, if you're whatever, you don't want to just kind of like be an afterthought maybe, right? Maybe you want to wait until after Comic-Con. You know, you just basically say, DC's got this. They're going to do Justice League. We're not going to compete with that. But then something like Last Jedi was just like, well, we did our own thing like last week. We're just going to let them do this now. And then is that what it is? So like Comic-Con's like a thing where like certain people get their release and then you wait. And then like, for instance, uh, yesterday it was like, all right, there's definitely a Bond 25. It has Daniel Craig. Here's a release date. I don't, I don't know if I like the idea of a flag being put in the ground to say that you have to announce slash release something at this show every single year. I agree. I, I don't want to. I don't want to set that precedent for the studios and put that burden on them in a way. But at the same time, they've kind of done it to themselves. Mm-hmm. They have taken over in a hostile takeover of sorts a Comic Con, what used to be the purity of Comic Con that we talked about last week. But it's they have taken this over to showcase their coming wares. Yeah, and the fact that half of them didn't even show up. Or had no presence there whatsoever outside of their trade show booth with, you know, handing out swag and t-shirts and stickers and pretty things in the booth. That's it. Do you think it's a lot like what's happening at E3 where like a Bungie will have their own separate thing and EA will have their own separate thing. And now we're at Comic-Con and Disney had their own separate thing a week before and maybe Fox isn't doing it or Universal isn't doing it, but maybe they just don't want to get caught in the shuffle. And do you think, you see what I'm getting at? Where you want to get to a point where they're like, okay, it's kind of a quiet news thing. Let's... Hit him with the Infinity War trailer, like you're saying. Like it's going to come out, and like that's the only thing 
that people are going to be talking about for a week because there's no more Justice League trailer that's new. There's no more whatever. This is Disney marketing, by the, the way. Minute that, Let's not forget that. Yeah. Disney, and then it'll be Infinity War trailer for a couple weeks, then it'll be Last Jedi trailer for a couple weeks, and then it'll be Lion King trailer. Like they'll they have this all planned out of when these things are going to drop to get this hype machine going. The whole part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. Yeah, exactly. Introduce a little chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that really gets lost in all of this comics yes in my opinion that's the biggest thing that gets lost in all this and it's not to say that they didn't talk about comics and comics weren't sold on the floor and there weren't big things by the dc comic panel and there wasn't a big marvel you didn't hear a damn thing about no we didn't unless you really went over to find it and that's the other thing you don't read comics unless you really go out to find them and that's a problem in my opinion the comic book shouldn't be the third thing you go to to find out about batman like if somebody says i want to know about batman i'm gonna watch the batman movie the batman animated show the batman this the batman that I guess I'll go to a comic book shop and read a Batman comic. Should be the other way around. It should be, but we're in a different world. In a world, we're in a different world now, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, let's let me let me pose this question back to you. Yeah, you are not a comic book reader. No, never have been. No, you're aware of them. You know what the characters are, but you're not as like versed in the lore and the backstory as maybe I am. And I grew up reading them, and I took a big break, then I started buying them again for a while. Blah 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 blah. Tell me as a consumer. Why you don't seek out comic books? I know you like to read. I know you like to read comic books. Yeah. If you could, I'm, it- I'm reading probably three different books right now. It's it, but I'm reading the Timothy Zahn um, Admiral. What's his name book? So good. Uh, it's really really good. About a hundred pages into that, uh, Bill Nye's new book. Yep. I'm going through that. Um, so I love to read. And we were having this discussion before, and this is all spawned from an article that came out about how the comic book industry might be the next domino to fall in yeah. the in the line of blockbuster video, you know, rental videos, uh, record stores with sure. music, right? Yeah. Could comic books be the next thing to go as they become more digital and you know digested in a different way? So the, I guess the way I want to set this up is um, we were having a big conversation about this before we started recording, and we wanted to bring this to the listeners to kind of have this more open discussion about this because uh, you are we are polar opposites of each other when it comes to comic books, right? Yeah, absolutely. You are a longtime reader. You are a what I would call a collector. When I first moved to Los Angeles in 2006 – and I stayed with you for those couple of months. You had an entire wall of a room dedicated to these, this comic book collection. Right? Yeah. And this is not to out you in any way. No, not at all. I was it's genuinely my, impressed. Right? It's all, it's all in my garage now. And you now still and, have all these. Yeah, it's all in my garage now and much bigger. Yes. So uh, we, the thing that I want to get to here is that I never got to that point. We were talking about uh, barriers to entry. Mm-hmm. Um, why isn't comic books as a medium more popular today in the world that we live in that's fully in, invested in comic book films and franchises and phases and all of these universes and et cetera. But why aren't people reading more comic books? And I think what I ultimately came down to was that it has to do with barrier to entry or my fear of missing out on something that I'm already invested in. So let's, well, so what do you mean by that? Okay. Let's dive into this a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yes, we're going to need a beer for this one. Uh, the idea here is that uh, you need to get me into something that I'm already invested in, right? So if I'm already invested in the Avengers phases of the films, if I'm already into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the solo movies, etc., if I'm already watching voluntarily re-watching DC, Warner Brothers films like BVS and Man of Steel, right? Mm-hmm. I'm already excited about Justice League, 
I couldn't give it. I am not going to the comic book store and buying comics. I am not on Comicsology downloading digital versions. I'm not on the Marvel Unlimited plan. Yep. Uh, so there's all of that stuff is out there. Yep. I'm not motivated to go read it slash buy it slash whatever. Right. But would you be if there was a story that bridged the gap between these movies or these shows you're watching? Bingo. Uh, th- and that's what I meant by finding a way to uh, get me. It's a it's an element of FOMO. If you don't know, fear of missing fear out, missing out. Yep. Um, so if there is something that a gap that's filled between these properties that maybe you could fill with a comic book or a series of books that would be tied directly into uh, any of these properties that I'm already invested in. Uh, look at Overwatch. I played a shitload of Overwatch uh, the last year. Uh, they release comics, they share them on their social media pages, and it explains the lore and it fills in some of the gaps of the backgrounds of some of these characters. I'm already invested in playing Overwatch. I'm going to be interested in what they're putting out there. The same thing is true and could be said for any of these other properties, TV shows or movies, to get me to go and read some of this stuff if it's related true. and if it's backstory on, that, I, that I'm curious about. Overwatch is an easier example. You don't have to go sift through 800 issues of an Overwatch that's led up to the point where you're at. Whereas something like Batman or Superman or any of the Marvel stuff, like that's six, seven hundred years old. Not years, but like issues and years. You know what I'm saying? Um, Written in ancient Sumerian. Exactly. It's it's a daunting (laughs) thing. And then there's this weird, like, um, uh, I want to say, call it like a false elitism. Look at the comic book guy character from The Simpsons. Well, you should know about that because, like, that guy. Everybody is afraid of that guy. Like so, uh, not only are the are the the physical books themselves difficult to get. When I grew up, you could find them on a magazine rack in a grocery store, in a drugstore, or whatever. Anywhere you would go, typically to get something, there would be a place to pick up a book, and it was ten cents or fifteen cents, and you would walk out with it. Yep. Right. Or seventy five cents or a dollar, right. whatever it was at a certain point. Now they're not in the single issue, thirty two page floppy book like you would get that you would put a bag and a board in, right? Yep. You can't find those anywhere for the most part unless you go into a comic book store. Yep. It has become so niche at this point that right. you have to go so there to find them. if you want to get vinyls, you got to go to the record store that has all the old cool stuff. Because Same it's thing. hipster and cool right. and, and elitist, it's, it's, like you said, right? It's, but, it's, but, but believe me, comic book nerds are far from elite type people. I completely they're, agree. They're like that amongst each other, like the, amongst themselves. That's a thing that we hold dear and we have all the knowledge and we... We, like for some reason people don't like to share it so much. But there's Brandon, a there's your you have your own code, you have your own vernacular, you sure. have your own vocabulary that sure. even earlier when we were talking about it, you were whoo, up here yeah. over my head that I just right. you know, using certain terms and phrases uh-huh. and things like that. It's not it's not approachable. It's not uh, I can't get into that without yeah. learning the jargon, right? So okay, let me give you an example of when I got back into it. I was out of it for a number of years. Yep. I lived out here 2005. I think Batman Begins and Superman Returns, if they didn't come out in the same summer, if I don't remember Superman Returns that much, I'm pretty sure Batman Begins came out in 2005. Superman Returns was 06. Great. So Batman Begins, 05. 05. Pretty sure, right? Yeah. Maybe Maybe four. Sure. So at that point, I had some disposable income. I was doing well as a young man. I had just gotten engaged and whatever. And I was like, I'm going to go spend, I'm going to go into a comic book shop. I haven't been to a comic book shop in forever. And you walk in and you just see this wall of, 
books, 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 books. There's like five books about Batman. There's four books about Superman. There's Green Arrow. There's uh, Green Lantern. There's Green Lantern Corps. There's The Flash. There's Wonder Woman. There's this. There's this. There's this. There's this. There's this. There's this. There's Justice League. Justice Society of America. Hawkman. This is just DC. And then on the Marvel side, it's Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Daredevil, Wolverine, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, Astonishing X-Men, Ultimate X-Men, Fantastic Four. Like That's daunting in and of itself. Yes. So I would have turned around and walked back right, out the door. That's a scary thing. Like, what do I, I like? I just like Batman. So what did I do? I just walked over and I picked up the book that said Batman. And I picked up the book that said Detective Comics because the first ever Batman was right. in Detective Comics and they've kept that going forever. So I took those two books and I was like, oh, I kind of like Green Arrow, too. And I picked that one up. Three comics walked out the door. Red Batman, Red Dark or Red Detective Comics, a Red Green Arrow. These were in the middle of like some sort of storyline. So it was like part three of six or part like they were always like a six issue arc. Now, comics come out once a month. So it would take six months to actually see all six of those individual issues come out to get for the end of the story. So what do I do? I go right back to the comic book shop. I pick up issues one and two so I can be caught up in the Batman one, Detective Comics and the Green Arrow one. And I'm like, wait a minute. I kind of want to know what Green Arrow. I want to know what the Justice League's doing because Batman and, and Superman are in that one. So I'll pick that one up, too. That was an issue four of a six thing. So I picked up one, two, and three. See what I'm getting at? Yes. So it just gets into this, like this wormhole of like this, 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 this. Sometimes what's happening in the Justice League book actually talks to what's happening in the Batman book. It's this wormhole of epic proportions and you can get caught up in all of it. And like, wait a minute, how did we get to this point? Why is Batman like this? Now I thought he was like this when I was a kid. Then you got to go read that book. That's like about this. That happened. Completely different storyline. Exactly. And you can get caught up in this. And I did, and I'm happy that I did. And I will never like get rid of any of those things. It was like this amazing thing. It's like watching little movies, little episodes of a TV show. It's fantastic. But for somebody like you, a 40 year old man, practically to get into this world now, I I can't practically it's reality. (laughs) What I'm saying is it, it, it's I can't recommend it. It yeah. would it would almost be like it, it's just like a throwaway thing for me. Like I still read Batman digitally. I still read uh, Superman digitally, and I think I read Justice League digitally. Yeah. So that's two ninety nine a month for each of those books or something like that, right? And that's the other thing. And I know I'm I'm on a rant here, but um, no, go. This is important so, to talk about because we're, we're we're on the verge of potentially losing an industry here, and that's why we wanted to talk about this. So that's what the, to me that's the main issue. So if somebody goes and sees Batman v Superman, whether it's an adult, but more importantly, if it's a child, you walk into the comic book store and your parents say, "All right, Daddy, I want to get Batman, Superman, The Flash, um, uh, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, and uh, uh, whatever Justice League." That's six books right there, right? Okay. Get up to the counter. That's three bucks a book. That's $18. Okay. That's $18 for, and then you get them home and then they're done and they read that. And then it's like, okay, now I want to read this book, this book, this book, this book, this book. And now you're up hundreds of dollars a month. So your kid can read comic books where instead you're probably just like, why don't you just watch the, all the cartoons of Batman and Superman and justice league and all of this stuff that's on Netflix for 10 bucks a month. Just watch all of that, and it moves, and it talks, and there's voices, and like you know, like in, in a parent's brain, that's like, well, that makes sense to me, right? And what you're reading right now has nothing to do with what you just watched. And to the parents, it's accomplishing the same goal of of what you're doing, buying the comic books for, right? right? Then that's really you kind of have to weigh it at that level as yeah. well. Yeah, you're you're wanting to give your kid they're like comic books, they like cartoons and characters, and well, I can pay ten bucks a month for Netflix and these cartoons or Amazon or whatever it is, sure. or I can you know go out and spend hundreds of dollars potentially a month. On all of these, all of these comics. Well, you books. could, and you could, yeah, hundreds. You could do hundreds digitally as well. But what I'm saying is, it's an extra trip to a thing where our kids and our world is much more about. I want that right now. I want to hold my phone and hit a button. You can do that, but 
Imagine, remember that giant store that we talked about walking yeah. into with comic books everywhere? Imagine that on your phone, and like, in, like in a seven-inch screen, and you have to go through all of that somehow and sift through all of that stuff like you would in a giant store wow. uh, screen somehow. And you type in Batman, and it gives you 50 different options of Batman. And you're like, wait a minute, what do I read? The 2011 <laughs> version, the 2016 version, the 1980 version? That Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm telling you, I don't know which one you should read. This is a problem. Yeah. And, and this... This might have something to do with why the industry is having, having issues. And there's no way at this point to streamline it. They would have to, and they've tried it like they did last year with DC where they said, this is a rebirth. We're starting over. This is issue number one. You can pick it up from here. And then it, and it's true, you can, but it's with all these different characters. Like Batman's not fighting the Joker in the first issue. He should be fighting the Joker. Superman should be fighting Lex Luthor in the first issue of Superman. He's not. Like that's the thing you need to set up. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. I'm going to vehemently disagree with you here. Okay, go ahead. Um, because I, I think if you are in, it's 2017, if you're just now introducing someone to comic books with the last 15 years, you know, you could go all the way back to 2000, yeah. uh, with X-Men really sure. coming in as kind of being the genesis of, of this whole comic book movie generation we are living in today. If you wanted to introduce somebody for the first time into this, I'm going to make the argument again that it needs to have connective tissue to properties that they're already invested in and already familiar with. So doing a whole rebirth thing sounds cool and trendy and hipster to the inner circles of the comic book geeks. But all those people are 40 years old. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're 18 or 40 or 60. It's not going to resonate with the average Joe guy that has never really invested right. in books. I'm thinking you're absolutely right. I'm thinking the thing that's going to make the comic book store as we know it, whether it's physical or digital, succeed is you have to appeal to the younger generation. Agreed. And so this whole like, this is the way it is and these are the old stories that you need to know, forget it. You're right. You need to make it where you're watching something on Netflix on your iPad and it says a button at the end of it, hey, to read more about Batman, click this and it takes you directly to Comixology or directly to Marvel.com or directly to DC.com or whatever it is. That's how you get people into the quote-unquote store. Or it's, a, it's a digital store When now. you drop a trailer for Justice League at Comic-Con, you say, here's the books you might want to read that connect things between Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Perfect. Exactly. After Superman died, Book numbers, series, all of that stuff. Sure. And, and I can walk over to the, the hall that's right next to me and get the guy that wrote the friggin' things to sign the shit yeah. and give him a dollar per issue of whatever it is that's... It's all very... It's all right there in front of their eyes. And if they're, in my opinion, in my humble non-comic book reading opinion, it is all very doable. And my fear of this whole thing is that eventually these behemoth studios are going to make a business decision. And they're going to eliminate things that are costing money with no return. Well, remember, Marvel is owned by Disney. I know. DC is owned by Warner Brothers. I know. These are big, giant media conglomerates that own these things. You're absolutely right. And on they this. treat them as products. Yes. If a product is not profitable and is not getting seen, it's eliminated. And that's my biggest fear. And then you really do end up with the second spins of the world. Sure. Uh, you know, remanufactured, whatever you want to call it, where it's resold and all mm-hmm. of this kinds of stuff, where it's these, it's even more niche now than it was before. Yeah, it's disappointing. I don't know how we... I mean, we just mentioned a couple of quick things that you could do to do that. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the future is. I know that the, 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 the comic book movies and the TV shows aren't going to stop. We've got a slate of these things coming for at least the next 10 years. Yes. So they have to figure out a way to make the books themselves coexist. That's what they got to do, and I hope they're able to pull it off. I, I wish there was a way more for me to get... Uh, st- I'm interested in comicsology, 
but from what I'm understanding, there's nothing that I'm going to learn between the film to connect the films and the TV shows and all of that stuff that if I know, go yeah. read the books. Yeah. So uh, that's that's really the decision. Yeah. There's nothing. There, you're not showing me anything I'm missing out on by not reading the comic books, and that really to me comes is the linchpin that it all comes down to. Agreed. Now there were still fun things that came out of Comic Con. Well, our yes. last fun story, which we typically do. I don't know if you saw it. But you know those power wheels things that kids do, those little cars they can drive? Pow, pow, power wheels, right? And like they have all the different, like you can get a BMW or like a Jeep or the Barbie thing. What if you could get the Luke Skywalker land speeder from Star Wars? What? You would get that if you were a kid and you could like drive that around your driveway. That'd be awesome. Like the Moss Eisley skiff. Yes, yes. Thing? The thing that R2 and like, yeah, we don't need to see identification. Like that. All, like, all not the, the droids you're looking exactly. for. Exactly. <laughs> you're in that, right? And your kids could try to play Jedi mind tricks on you as they drive around Whoa. the driveway. Sure. 500 bucks. What? Like that's a thing. Like, Holy shit. But I would get one. I mean, would it, you? I mean, no. For you? Not for me. No. Like, maybe. If I had that much disposable <laughs> income, it might be fun. I don't know if I could fit in it, but yeah. Oh, God. I could just see you just <laughs> hunched down into this thing. <laughs> Where are you going? Going out to get the mail? Why? <laughs> so, Honey, I'm going on a beer run. So it's a thing. Look it up. If you have kids, I'm, sur- I'm debating it. There's no way I'm going to get it. My <laughs> wife will never let it happen. But, uh, yeah, um, but that brings me to our lightning round. Okay, we've been doing the back and forth thing where, like, you do one and then I do one. I like, in the spirit of comics and us being happy with all the fun things that we got to talk yes. about today, let's do a combined lightning round where we both just blurt out things based on what we just talked about, uh, the land speeder thing. Imagine crazy cool modes of transportation from all pop culture that we've seen in video games and movies and shows and whatever. It could be a horse, could be whatever. Modes of transportation you would like to be turned into a motorized thing you could drive around your driveway. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is the A-Team van. Ready? Go! The Millennium Falcon. Of course! Um, Knight Rider car. A Star Destroyer. Yes, a Star Destroyer. Sure, why not? Uh, Let's see... I can't get out of Star Wars. An X-wing. Yeah, an X-wing. Uh, we could do, like any Transformer, like Optimus Prime. You could drive around your 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 driveway or like like. Uh, yeah, but uh, then you'd have to do like three point turns and back the trailer sure, up and but counter like, steer it. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, why not? Like it'd be cool if you could get the GI Joe hovercraft and actually drive that around. Uh, your, the like, DeLorean. Delo- perfect. There's a great one. Like the DeLorean is a perfect example. Definitely want to get the red Ferrari for Magnum. You probably want one of the versions of Batmobile. I'm going to go with the Michael Keaton one. Probably maybe the Adam West one. To counter your Magnum PI one, I'm going to go with the white. Testarossa for Miami Vice. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Well, now we're playing along. Now we're cooking with uh, gas. Let's see. What else can we come up with here? Uh, the General Lee, of course, from Dukes of Hazard would yes. be a good one. That'd be a great one. Uh, maybe one of the bikes. Ha- I think they have a Power I Wheels. Had, I actually had a big wheel of a chips thing, but it wasn't like a Power Wheel one, like a motorcycle. That'd be cool. What about Airwolf? Airwolf would be awesome, or like even like a Starship Enterprise to drive around. That'd yes. be kind of cool. Oh, I know. What about from Lord of the Rings, uh, Gandalf's horse, Shadowfax? Perfect. Yeah, like a little, like like a, it's like a My Little Pony, like a rideable pony. It's almost but like it's a- the rocking horses, <laughs> but it's got power wheels. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, God. Well, hey, guys, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I hope you guys are interested in comics. Let us know what you think. We don't want that industry to die. It's something that I'm considering personally investing in to make sure that it doesn't go away because we need that stuff. To continue this era of films and you know exploratory type of cinema and entertainment that we've had going for so long now, uh, leave us a review on the iTunes Store. Let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear your feedback. We do have our official Twitter account now. Just to remind everybody yes. at Concession Stand, you can come find find us there uh, or over at orbitaljigsaw.com. You can find our show and many other shows like the Dirty Bits, the new Super Nerds UK guys yep. have just joined up. 
uh, they did a really fun track this past week where they did a commentary track over from Dust Till Dawn. Interesting. Really, really fun to listen okay. to that one. And especially when you throw the British accents and all that stuff into it, lots of fun. Well, guys, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at AndyNelson76, also on Twitter. But until then, we will see you guys next week. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.